broaden our minds. Lawrence. From the Ancient One Studio, this is the Cubic Shenanigans Warhammer Podcast. Welcome to the Cube. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 109 of the Cubic Shenanigans Warhammer Podcast. I am your host, Dan. And I'm Brendan. Brendan, wow, on the road again, my friend. Finally. <laughs> been a minute. How long has it been since we have done an event review? It's been a while. I think it's been Vault Wars was the last that you and I... Yeah, in May. That was almost six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but looking forward to it. I mean... Yeah, I enjoyed myself. I had a great time. My goals were met, and this is my first time at Dragonfall, so we'll talk a little bit about all that when we talk about the event. Yeah, good times. Good times to get back to rolling some dice with people. And then we got a pretty hefty release discussion because we're doing this on a Tuesday. So the releases from the week's previous pre-orders came out. And then we got a bunch of more pre-orders for this coming weekend. all the previews. Yep. So everything is out. And we'll talk about all that stuff and what happened to Dragonfall and other things. Got a few interesting new releases in Scriptorium. And other than that, man, I think we're ready to rock and roll. Anything else? We good? No, just going to talk about some games of Warhammer. All right, that sounds like a plan. Off the whispers. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Well, Brendan, we talk about hobby. That's done. (laughs) It is done. And you got some really, really nice comments. So I finished painting that full 2,000-point Lumineth army. In 12 days. You finished basing my 2,000-point Lumineth army. You picked those models up the day that you left to go down there, (laughs) finally. In fact, I had to make some bases without... foot spots in them you could glue models so i picked up the last of the bases on friday dan was going to be leaving for dragonfall a little bit later i continued painting until about 10 p.m friday night and then i drove down saturday morning at you know 6 30 7 a.m right to the wire literally yeah but it's done. And done, it was, done is done. Horseshoes and hand grenades, my guy. Like <laughs> It was worth it because that was an army I think a lot of people enjoyed looking at. Really did. It was really cool to look at. I'm really excited to come back and do like touch-ups and do some of the things that like I skipped over. Now, it was if visually effective. It told visually what I wanted it to tell from a, you know, a pictures and, you know, like a colors combination. Mm-hmm. And that was really good, but like some of the finer details I missed out on, some of the edge highlighting, some of the bringing things up to, you know, the full color, giving it the full depth of, you know, color transition I wanted to do. We'll go back and, you know, get that to where it needs to go, you know, clean up some of the areas that need to just be a little bit cleaner. Done is done. That was so great. Really, really cool. And thanks for having me part of that project. No, thank you for doing that. It was really, really fun to be able to be creative in that way. Yeah, I played my night haunt and they're all done. They've been done for a while. So I'm going to go back to working on Durthu now and try to finish him. And I got a box from our friends at Mini Stomp and I've got a couple more units of tree revs now and another Tree Lord, Tree Lord Ancient Durthu box. <laughs> so I've got to decide which one of those I want to build out of that. So I've still got some 
Sylvanas stuff coming up that I want to work on. Not that I'm going to make an army or anything, but just... Yeah, this is some like real Lend-Lease kind of stuff where it's sliding <laughs> underneath whatever policy that you have to... Yeah, because that's kind of what Lend-Lease was. It kind of got around the technical limitations, right? <laughs> Cindy, you're real thrilled with this, aren't you? No comment. All right, yeah. understood. <laughs> Listener, she's kind of shaking her shoulders going, whatever. So yeah, that's kind of what I think my hobby will be for a while. Certainly, I think next week... Thursday, we'll have hobby night again. I think we'll both be around. And I plan on bringing my tree revs. Or we can uh, play that. Dice Throne. Oh, we got, oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. I have to talk about that with other games. Yeah, that's a possibility. Gaming is hobbying. Gaming so, is hobby. All right. That's kind of where we are with that. And if you're interested in pictures of Brenda's army, they, he's at hobby underscore bear on Twitter. I am going to post two pictures close up that I took of the bases I did for his mountain cows. But other than that, on my uh, at Stormcaller Dan, you can look up all his stuff on Twitter at Hobby underscore Bear and, and see that really, really awesome army he painted. Releases. We have got a bazillion things to talk about here. Mostly Underworlds. Uh, yes, like 99%. Let's start with the easy one is board games. They released three board games all associated with one of their kind of main lines. There's a Sigmar board game. There's a Blood Bowl board game. And there's a 40K board game. So those three things have come out. Coolio. We have Underworlds Gnarlwood is on the shelves now. And what I think is cool is there's... It's called Rivals of Nether Maze. It's the set with the Skaven and the Shadow Warriors. Mm-hmm. And those Shadow Warrior models are just amazing. I'm sure if you're a Skaven player, you like the Skaven ones too. But I still think the other ones are so cool. So I guess it's the Shadeborn and the Claw Pack. We have a bazillion warbands that are now being separately released for Underworlds. We have the Deepkin one. That's the one with the crab. Uh, we have the Bone Splitters. Bone Reapers for your guys. Yep. Chaos Ravagers for those folks. We have the Crimson Court with the Vampires. The Seraphon Stalkers. That's it. I mean, yep. but it's a bunch. It's everything that came out, but without the cards. So right. it's just the models now, which they do at the end of every season, which I wish they would do this and then also release just all the cards. That would be nice. I've been asking for this for literally almost four years now. Mm. Please... Please, please, please sell me all the cards in one go, mm-hmm. and I will play this game. And I will wait till the end of the season, but I will buy all the cards. Sure. I don't want all the warbands. Right. Yeah, all that stuff just dropping all over the place. And I think it's so cool because the models for all those warbands have so many oh, so conversion. Much and yeah, they're just beautiful models and can be incorporated into any appropriate faction very very easily as a specialized character or anything else so very very cool with that dan and brendan other games i'm done with beyond earth i have just rung that rock you know so there's no more water in that rock and so i took it off the computer but i've gone back to playing uh civ 6 because there are two dlcs that i had never downloaded and i downloaded both of those a bunch of new factions some extra interesting rules played against a couple of those new factions really challenging very cool i think they're up to almost 20 factions you can play against it's a huge number and so that's very very cool and the ais are always interesting and challenging and they have their own very unique ways of playing and personalities it's really interesting other than that yeah not a whole lot other than tomorrow night, Wednesday night, I am going to the Ramchecks to play Curse City with them. Nice. They invited me down for that game, and I guess it's kind of a family thing they do, so I'm 
I'm really appreciative of them including me in that. And I've wanted to play Cursed City for a long time. That'll be really fun. As you fun. see today, they announced the last expansion for yes. Cursed City. Yeah. And I would like to express my sincere disappointment that that this has not been Blackstone Fortress. Yes. And that the expansions have not included super cool, really unique models that go along with the expansion. Because like, no. I think that was one of the coolest things about Blackstone Fortress was that the expansions had like a lot of character to them because of the new kits that they introduced. Yep. That is kind of disappointing. Yeah, definitely a little disappointed with Curse City as a result. You had just talked about a game that we may end up playing next week. Dice Throne? I haven't been playing it, obviously. Right. It is a game that combines Yahtzee, RPG, and Magic the Gathering into one game. Yeah. And Dan, we're going to play this game. Yes, we are. And we'll probably try and convince Ty to swing by, and I know Dave will play with us. Oh, that would be cool. It's the best. You're going to play like two rounds of this. You're going to go, we need to schedule this on a regular basis. So, <laughs> so who's awesome. picking up the next expansion? Is uh, uh, <laughs> Well, I was looking at some YouTube videos of it, and I want to pick up that gunfire. It looks really awesome. And I know it's not in the original pack. We yeah, talked about that. In the expansion. So, I, I want to get the expansion. I know Dave was talking about getting the Marvel stuff. So, oh, sure. You know, we'll, we'll put what we got and... Get good at it, and then... Yeah. I mean, what I really want to do is I want to play in all eight characters versus all eight characters oh, in, in a single game. That'd be really And cool. just basically book out a full afternoon and, and do we that. We just get a hold of Sean over at the store and say, hey, we want these tables. They're ours for four hours, five hours, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that would be really fun. So that's it for other games. New stuff, really, when you yeah. think about it. And Sigmar, we're going to talk about Dragonfall. That'll be... Five games each. Yep. Lots and lots of... Dice rolling and fun stuff going on there. Events, RockCon is, by the time this is posted... You'll be on the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, I won't even be... I'll post it right before I leave on Friday morning a week from now. So it'll be about two weeks. And that'll be great. All booked in, as I talked about last episode, with all my... Uh, pre-sign-up stuff. Diascast, we still have that mid-November tournament, yep. the one day. Yep, you'll have Renegade mid-November as well up mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Came across a couple of other announcements, you know, because the next one up here is Adepticon, still March. But Brewhammer in Columbus, Ohio mm-hmm. in early February. And then an event in Indianapolis the weekend after that. Okay, So All right. I believe that's Indie Storm. Okay, so we'll have to take a look at those as they get closer mm-hmm. and share some information about them. And... The hotel blocks are open for Adepticon, so now that that's done, I'm maybe I'll wait a couple weeks, but then I'm gonna book my rooms across the freeway <laughs> as I usually do. That's really fun. Oh, Always. And, and Domus said that he's gonna be looking to do Hobby Meltdown in 2023. So, yep, looking for a venue. So exciting times, wonderful stuff. As an individual who is looking for a venue, ah, sometimes it's harder than you want. So. <laughs> Okay, man. So that's events, games played, everything else in whispers. whispers. So we're going to move right into Emperor Lies and talk about Dragonfall 2022. Man, what are we, a team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, We're a time bomb. Yeah, so Dragonfall 2022, uh, opening thoughts. What are you thinking about? Yeah, so going into this weekend, I obviously was playing... My Lumineth. I was mm-hmm. playing my Eumetrica army, where all of it in battle regiments with Avalonor, Stone Mage with the command trait that lets me add plus one to the wounds characteristic of a unit of Stone Guard. Mm-hmm. Every hero phase, the artifact that gives plus one to wound for hour at the unit totally within 12 inches as long as the bear doesn't charge. Mm-hmm. The spell that gives me five up mortal wounds on my Stone Guard. 
when I successfully cast it. My Enlightener with the Speed of Haish up in the Shrine, which I did finish painting at the absolute last minute. Yes. Two units of 10 Stone Guard, a unit of 5 Stone Guard, a unit of 20 Sentinels, and then an Alarith Spirit of the Mountain. 1990 Battle Regiment, one drop, let's go, full speed. Had one practice game with it, so my goal was three wins and try and win best Lumineth player. Didn't really super know what to expect, because there are, as we talked about in the last show, some level of complications for what the Lumineth book can do. So making sure to manage you know, your Aether Quartz currencies and knowing what to spend where, managing the speed of your army, that wasn't necessarily going to be a problem for me, right? I play a zillion death armies. Every model I own is movement four. Yeah, right. uh, so, <laughs> right. you know, to me, that wasn't going to be the big deal, but understanding where my limits were, playing through them, trying to remember as many rules as I could, you know, just trying to be competitive with it. I've been very open that I've not really enjoyed this handbook very much. So I've always enjoyed Dragonfall as an event. I've won it twice. I was very competitive last year, finishing third. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't necessarily looking for that end of things, but I obviously wanted to play hard and, and do my best and try and show off this kind of cool army that I had bought a couple months ago and basically said, I know it's not good right now. Maybe at some point it will be. If not, I'll just put it together. It'll look cool and I'll do my best with it at some point. And you'll enjoy it for the weekend at least. So thankfully, they had a major set of improvements in this last book and that spurred me on to Okay, let's put it on the table. Everyone's talking about how cool, you know, everything is. Let's be the first one to hit the ground with it. That's what I was looking for. Okay, nice. Yeah, for me, and I know you asked the question in this or that last time, but just to review a little bit. So I had two expectations. One was I really went to hang out with people that I haven't seen in a while and just the social aspect of it, that Saturday night dinner, you know, hanging out with a lot of people, just during the day having conversations with folks, uh, meeting new people, all those things. And then the other goal was really to have fun playing with this crazy list that I had. And really, as you pointed out, very early when you saw the list, it's punchy, but it's way short on bodies. And when I go through it, you'll understand what Brendan was talking about. So I took Kurtos, who I've never taken before. I took Ulrich, who I've never taken before. And I was surprised that I think all three of the Nighthaunt list had Ulrich in them. <laughs> like I never see other people playing with him. So that was cool. I took a Guardian. I took Cruciator, of course. And then I took Raikonor. Because, you know, I was taking a purple sun. Mm. And I did take the Terminexus as well. And the reason for that will be apparent when I talk about my procession to try to pump some mortal wounds in there. In terms of the rest of my army, I had four Banshees. I had a unit of three spirit hosts and two units of hex rays those were my three battle line and then i had one unit of 20 uh, blade guys i was playing emerald host i wanted to do that because i've never really thought about it before but i thought it would be kind of cool to do some poke damage to some heroes and see if i could get lucky and pick some stuff off throw in the terminexus in there with that and see if that combination would be able to pick some heroes off the board i was very happy to see what happened during the two days with that. I had some real fun cinematic moments with both Ulrich and Kurtos as well. It ended up that I did have a great time playing that army over the course of the five games. So with the inherent restrictions and limitations that we just talked about for sure. And those became very apparent in a couple of games very, very early. I'm not terribly surprised that they did, right? Because you sent me that list. My first comment was, little light on bodies there, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. So 
Yeah. And especially with when we talk about the missions that we played, some bodies probably would have been a... Very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's go into day one. We're going to talk about our three games and then just a brief commentary on our first day. So why don't you talk about your game one? Yeah. So game one, we were playing the Realmstone Cache. Mm-hmm. So that's the one objective in the middle that starting Battle Round 3 splits into two locations. Mm-hmm. I was playing Mike Westendorf and his Iron Jaws. Yeah. Uh, he had Blood Tooths. He had a Mega Boss on Mock Crusher. Very standard loadout here. Master of Magic, Arcane Tome with the big green hand. Yeah. It's the teleport spell. Then you had two War Chanters with the one with the Get em Beat, one with the Fixin Beat. Two units of six Gore Grunters, one unit of three Gore Grunters, a unit of ten Brutes. Rip a Snarl Fangs. Oh, yeah. Warlord for an extra triumph of Indomitable. Mm-hmm. And then Bounty Hunters on the Pigs, which, okay. yeah, pretty, pretty good. He's 1950. He was eight drops. I had my choice here. Relatively small deployment area, so I was going to be able to overlap Avalonor's bubble with pretty much everywhere I mm-hmm. was going to deploy, being minus one to hit pretty good in my deployments pretty straightforward i put my sentinels in the middle hiding them away you know layered my stone guard put my you know avalonor on the left flank and my battle cattle on the right mm-hmm. and i gave mike the first turn basically giving him the battle cattle if he wanted to burn his wa in turn one mm-hmm. to try and take out that piece which he did to his extreme detriment bumping his army up to ren three off the charge I have no answer for. I simply don't. Mm -hmm. I ignore up to Ren 2, but once you hit Ren 3, I take all the Rend. It's not a reduction statement. It's what it is. So he dropped my mountain cow with the things that were standing next to it, kill the pig. But bottom of one, Avalonor walks over with speed of Hayish, kills five pigs. In this game, Avalonor killed almost every single model in Mike's army by Mm. itself. Wow. Yeah. Avalonor's 420 points, and he probably did, you know, if you're subtracting out, you know, what each individual model's worth, he probably did 1,700 points worth of model removal. Wow. So that's pretty good, but moved up, you know, tried to take some objectives, hold the middle with Stoneguard. Avalonor swings around to the left side, you know, because Mike had brought some more pigs in on the left. Avalonor beats up a bunch of pigs, and then he turns back to the middle and beats up a bunch of brutes. And then he <laughs> goes to the right and he beats up a Maw Crusher. And after Battle Round 2, I think it became pretty apparent that I was going to take the game. It was just a matter of, you know, how many points it was going to be and where the objectives were going to land. Sure. The objective lands in our back right corners. Uh, when it splits, you know, he has to run a war chanter over there to get it. And I send over the remainder of one of my 10-man stone guard units to go get over there and take the objective. I end up getting my grand strategy. I end up getting all my battle tactics. Won that game. Talking about it afterwards with Mike, you know, that's probably a game that he would play very differently. Mm. Knowing how my army works, where I personally, if I was in his shoes, would have just moved up in the first turn. Mm-hmm. Kind of settled in. Because I'm movement four and I'm movement six. Like, he has full reign, full control of the board if he wants. Mm-hmm. With the pigs and the maw crusher, Fasten and mighty destroyers and, and all that kind of stuff. Line up his army, charge in, declare the wah, be Ren three on everything, mm-hmm. smashing and bashing your way through as much as humanly possible, and make me play with whatever's left. Okay. That's how Mike could have beaten me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, get that Ren 3. That, that would have been... Ren 3 and it's over. Oof. Like, as we saw with, with the pigs, it was... 
the six of them were enough to bring down Mountain Cow. Yep. Okay. Cool, Leo. Yeah, That's your great. game one, Dan. Yeah, I ended up playing our friend Tracy Potassic, which was cool. Uh, she and I played once before. She had her Soul Blight. So she won that game. That was it Indie Storm last year, I believe. Circle City. Circle Storm. City, that's yeah. what it was. She had a Stormcast list. She had Hallowed Knights. Those are the guys that fight after they die and then explode. Uh, she had a Celestin Prime, a Knight Encanter, a Knight Vexilor, so a Spellcaster basically, and then a Banner guy. She had three birds, two units of Fulminators. She had two units of Liberators, two units of Raptors, and five Vindictors. And then she had Gnashing Jaws as her endless spell. My list, I've talked about, you know, I let her go first in this because Mm -hmm. I think I'm a 10 drop if I am just trying to recall, I think. So she moved up her Liberators and kind of her Vindictors, but her Liberators she moved up. And the other thing she did, of course, very wisely given the scenario, she got pretty much half her army off the board. She had her Stellastin Prime, her Birds, a Fulminator, and both her Raptors off the board. You were kind of looking at each other. for the first couple turns because there's that one objective in the middle and i had a couple of units off the board as well but not as much as she did she had a lot of stuff points wise especially and those bows were off the board and she did not bring them in until turn three it was kind of back and forth i did get my hex rays into her and really beat up her liberators so took those out and then she had a once in a game thing where she could bring a whole unit back so she brought back one of the units i killed Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh okay of course We'll talk about this at the end when I do a little bit of retrospective here, but as I look back, I know that I did not retreat and charge my hex rays multiple times, which I should have done. It would have been much more devastating to her army, which is, you know, can't do much against mortal wounds. And so that's my bad. And we'll talk about that at the end. <clears throat> Coming into turn three, we were pretty even. And then she dropped her Celestin in the backfield, back behind where Kurtos was and Ulrich. And I have my spirit host there, thank goodness. And then he came in, Kurtos turned around and punched him up. And then she brought her Raptors in and they were just shooting the heck out of my army. My unit of 20 blade geists that I had were doing work. But then she was just picking off the corners, you know, here or there until all of a sudden I had 10, then I had eight, and then I had six, and then I had nothing. As we talked about, once I lost those 20, all I had was Curtis and the Spirit Host and Ulrich kind of sitting there because my hex rays were getting picked off a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, she still had two fulminators on the board. Okay, yeah, charge my hex rays. I'll just pull them now because <laughs> they're going to die, right? Sure. And so we played through. We were really close the whole game. And we got up to turn four. We had to finish turn four. And literally, it was a tie. A real tie. Which we both kept looking at each other like, okay, we both got our grand strategy. We both got all our same number of tactics. We had exactly the same number of points. And we're looking at the book just to make sure. And like, yeah, it was tie. (laughs) And every time we told people, they were like, a real tie? Is that yeah? So I tied my first game with her. And it was really fun. We had a good time. I did take out Vexilor with the Emerald Curse, which was really cool. Picking off Mortal Wounds, which was really nice. I got my Terminexus in there, and I was picking off models with that. Combined with the Emerald Curse that was on units. And so it was pretty cool. I almost got her Encantor, but she did a healing spell at the last minute. If she had not done that healing spell, if I had just rolled a D3, I would have killed that one as well with Curse. So that worked out pretty well. No real big cinematic moments in terms of killing anything. Curse was pretty cool that that worked out the way it did. 
I didn't do anything mystical or magical with Ulrich that game. There are a couple games when I did some pretty cool stuff, including game two. But overall, good game. I was surprised I did that well because once those, once I saw the Blade guys disappearing, Brendan, I just felt like, oh crap, Brendan's words are just going to haunt me for the rest of this weekend. <laughs> good game and really enjoy playing her as always. Okay, Brennan, how about your game two, man? So game two is the Nidus Paths. So that's a mission I really was not looking forward to, potentially being on the list. My army is very slow, so my and I have no teleports whatsoever. So my ability to recover from, you know, if something goes wrong somewhere is basically zero. Okay. And I was playing a kind of list that I really don't want to see in a mission where speed kills, <laughs> and that is... a. Uh, Steve Potassic's Sylvaneth list. Oh, God, yes. I played him game four, so... This is an important lesson to anyone who wants to play competitive Warhammer, is don't give up even though things look bad on paper, mm. because there are this little thing called dice. <laughs> Steve was playing Nauru with the Dwindling, so that's the 3d6 cast with the reroll mm -hmm. uh, once per turn. Ugh, it's brutal. Warsong Revenant with the Spellsinger, so sending spells through Wildwoods. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Yep. With the Virtuous Harmony spell. Arch Revenant with the Arcane Tome, also with Virtuous Harmony. And Virtuous Harmony is put a tree out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ten Dryads, five Tree Revs, five Tree Revs. Those were in the Battle Regiment with a unit of three Revenant Seekers. And then in Bounty Hunters, he had six Spite Rider Lancers and six Kurnoff Hunters with Scythes. <laughs> He took the Vengeful Skull Root and the Spite Swarm Hive at 2,000 points. Three drop. I'm one drop, so I get to make some decisions. I deploy in a manner in which I leave a nice, juicy piece of bait out again. Mm, okay. So the Nidus Path is four objectives. One really all the way in your side. One all the way in your opponents in corners. Mm -hmm. You've got an L-step weird kind of curvy deployment. Yep. And then the two are in you know, no player's land that are very reachable for both players. Right. So Ends up being kind of like a rectangle on the board when you look at the objectives at least. Yeah. yeah. So in my top left, I take my Alarith Spear to the Mountain. I throw him up there by himself and go, if anyone comes after you, just handle business. Mm. Good luck. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Around my objective, I place five Stone Guard in front of my 20 Sentinels. Mm. 10 stone guard in front of them, the Avalonor, then 10 stone guard to the right, stone mage and lightner right there, mm -hmm. middle of the board towards my right objective. You know, Steve starts deploying, he's talking, and he goes, I don't know, uh, he goes, I think I'm going to deploy in a way where, you know, I'm going to make you think about making me go first. And I go, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, do that, Steve. And he's like, I, he goes, I think my sides could get in there and, you know, and mess up Avalonor. And I'm like, uh-huh. They might. <laughs> so I give him the first turn. Yeah. Gets his spites from Hive on the table. Launches those Kurnoths in. Throws him in. Does four wounds to Avalonor. <laughs> oh, God. Strike and fade out. Yawn. <laughs> and I go, cool. Sure. Seems great. He goes and takes my right objective with some tree revenants. Cool. I swing out in my first turn, you know, mm. trying to heal Avalonor up because he's going to be pretty fundamental to me winning or losing this game. Mm-hmm. You know, take the objective to my right, push up the board, you know, start threatening his Arch Revenant, mm -hmm. do some damage. Because he went all in. He threw the Arch Revenant up there to give the plus one to wound to the Kurnoths. You know, maybe, you know, thought about giving them plus one attack, but they were successfully roared. So they were minus one to hit from Avalonor's aura, which is so good. Move up. Don't manage to kill the Arch Revenant. That's okay. 
win priority into two, move Avalonor up, take care of the Arch Revenant, get the Dryads down to three models, which will prove to be very important later. Yes. You know, I start to shut down some of his overgrown terrain and some of his wildwoods. By being within three. Yeah, by just being there. Bottom of two, he tries to line up to go get Avalonor. Oh, sorry. At the top of his turn, I successfully dispel the Spitesworm Hive. So no, no plus three for you. Wow. Moves his Kurnoths over. Redeploy Avalonor. Four inches. So we're seven inches away. His turn. Fails his charges. Cool. Great. Loving it. Come over to you know, battle round three. Steve rolls a 12 mm. on the, the Unleashed Spite spell. Yeah. I hear Steve say... You need a 13, not, I have a 13. I said, I can beat that. And he goes, you can beat that? And I said, yeah. I said, you know, boxcars and then, you know, plus one, Aether Quartz. And he thought I meant plus one from the shrine. And then Aether Quartz gave me another plus one. But I roll boxcars. And so he thinks I roll a 14. I think I need a 13. And, you know, we're both like, oh, my God, can you believe it? (laughs) And so, you know, someone comes over the table and we're talking about it. And he goes, I roll a 13. I go, oh, I I said, I can't beat a 13. He goes, well, I thought you had a 14. I said, oh, no, 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 no. So we had just started the movement phase. So we pushed everything back and we we rolled the damage. And Avalonor is taking some hits here. Okay. You know, he walks up with, you know, his Kurnoff Hunters. I Mm. redeploy four, seven inch charge. He lands it this time. Oh. You know, he beats them up. He's got his Spite Rider Lancers. You know, you know they're jumping into things. In that time, I switch my Sentinels, where my Sentinels are now standing in front of my five Stone Guard. And I start running my five Stone Guard back towards my back left corner mm. because he also has no place for the week. Mm-hmm. And this is a very tight game. And throughout, the game was marked by, you know, basically one person like taking it right to the brink and Mm. all they need is like one more thing to just you know the game is wide open for them to clear it up but then the next the person drags it back to the middle Mm -hmm. and they pull it right to the brink and then the other person drags it back the other way you know i'm down avalonor he's doing some damage to my stone guard you know he's got some guys you know on the objective that my alarith spirit of the mountain my battle cattle Mm. so i gotta turn my battle cattle around i really want to fight the lancers but i can't i have to play the objective game take off a couple of those tree revenants i set up my stone guard to prepare to you know take on these scythe hunters and you know just yeah. see what's going to happen kind of a thing but i managed to drop all the revenant seekers oh, wow. in my turn wow yeah wow yeah <laughs> it's really good then in battle round four he has to swing over he gets the two tree revs over he takes barge because mm. I'm mm-hmm. ahead by enough where he's got to get these extra Galatian veteran points and then teleports his dryads into my territory. So he picks up the extra point for barge, but he puts his battle line in a position where I'm going to be able to get my grand strategy of no place for the week. Bottom of four, I get rid of them. I have my grand strategy. I take my stone guard and I sprint them to the back left corner. Sure. And Steve goes, I can win this. I said, I, I know you can. He goes, but... It all depends on me being able to get over there or, you know, try and kill those things and or try to get the battle cattle. And I go, well, I said, it's heavily dependent on your ability to roll some charge rolls here. Mm. So, so I'm going to try and dispel that Spite Swarm Hive. And I do it again oh, in so his turn. Funny. So Good. the game depends. He's got four Scythe Hunters. Mm-hmm. Tosses them through the trees, nine inches away from the battle cattle. He's got the command points. If he lands this charge... Yeah. They're probably going to be able to do enough damage. It's not a guaranteed thing, but, you know, it's by no stretch of the imagination a a difficult thing to do. Doesn't make it. Shake. I escape with the win. Wow. 
just absolutely fantastic game. So number one, I was helped by quite a bit of dice. He rolled a one on his Spite Storm Hive at one point that on his Kurnoth Hunters to try and get into my Brick of Ten Stone Guard that were making their last defense. Mm. I had halved his movement in the turn previous. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he ended up making the charge. That could have gone pretty poorly, you know, for him, and that really would have ended it probably right there. Hung in there. Always got to just look for what are the things that are going to win me this game? How do I get on objectives? How do I score battle tactics? How do I get my grand strategy and deny him his? Mm Mm-hmm. That mentality will be important later. This was a mission I didn't want to be playing against a list I really didn't want to see, especially in this mission, because there was the opportunity for him to just pull me apart, and there's nothing I could do about it. Uh, Super great game. Steve and I have played twice, both at Dragonfall, and both of them have been absolute, like, just incredible games. So Great stuff. All right, well, I played Corey in my second game. He had a Zinch list. God. And he had Kairos, he had a Cursling, he had a Magister, he had a Changeling, he had a Gaunt Summoner. So he had a few spellcasters. And then on top of that, he had a unit of 10 Pinks, two units of Screamers, and a unit of Skyfires. He had Cogs, Spell Portal, and Burning Sigil. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, here I am with two spellcasters. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going... You're not going to be able to do much here. I'm going, well, you know... If I can get to some of those spellcasters, I might be able to do some work. I have Emerald Curse, and I had that on, I think, three of them. So I think I put it on the... If I recall properly, the Curseling, the Magister, and the Changeling. I put it on all three of those. What I did was I left both of my Hex Rays and my Unit of 20 Blade Guys off the board. And I'm telling you, if you would have watched his body language when I did that, he was, like, nervous. He was really nervous. Like, oh, my God, he just... Where, you know, where are they going to come in? He went first, of course, so that he could get off, you know, all his spells and one of those, you know how those long hero phases go mm-hmm. when you're casting a bazillion spells. I think he got like 10 or 12 fate points that first Ooh. first turn, something like that. He used his sigil, you know, and I'm trying to dispel stuff, of course. Kairos is there, pointless, absolutely pointless. He's turning dice, you know, and I'm going, well, I got to roll a dice. I got to try. And then he got the spell portal out. The eye changed, I think it was one of my banshees into a, a spawn. spawn really quick first turn, you know, so I had to deal with that. And Kurtos and Ulrich and the spirit host were sitting there, you know, trying to see, kind of weather the storm, right? My guardian was there. My cruciator was there. I kind of had them bunched up. And I was just waiting to see what happened. And so I ended up dropping both my hex wraiths and my blade guys. This is one of the reasons I did not like this scenario because it was so spread out. And he had those screamers. I mean, his whole army was moving 16 inches, essentially. Almost everybody in his army. Mm-hmm. Except for, you know, Kairos wasn't moving much, but he was still moving pretty fast. The only things that weren't moving fast were the horrors. And he got those horrors onto that objective, like, right the next turn. So, 10 pinks on that objective... I was not going to take that with my list. There's nothing I could do. Even if Kurtos got into him. A lot of damage you have to do to those. Yeah, and that, I just didn't have the capacity. Even if I had charged my Blade guys, I probably wasn't going to get rid of that unit. So that objective was gone, realistically. But what I could do was try to take out his spellcasters and minimize his ability to get more fate points and bring more units on. I missed two out of three, even with a reroll of my charges. Ugh. I got one of my Hex Race in, and he had brought his Changeling in the back. So I Emerald, Emerald Cursed all three of those heroes i almost took the changeling out and only had one because i had done some damage i moved a unit to it so it only had one uh, wound left i had almost taken out the magister i had charged the gaunt summoner and i didn't make the charge with the other hex race and the other 
uh, Blade Geist. It wasn't looking good to take out more than one of his wizards that first turn. I was hoping, you know, to do that alpha strike and kind of get that going. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I did then was I was moving very aggressively over towards Kairos and his Cursling. And I did take out his Changeling, and I took out his Magister with Emerald Host, which was cool. Um, I wasn't going to get any spells out. Bottom line, this is not happening. Terminex is Purple Sun. And even if I got him out, he could have taken control of them pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, so what was the point of doing that to myself? You know, Because Terminex is, is, can hurt me, too. Mm-hmm. I just didn't even try. I was do, trying to do other things. But again, every time I tried to do something like Shave Mist, whatever, boom, flip a dice, it was gone. So my, my spellcast, even with Rykonor, it was really tough to try to do anything. And I got Rykonor in. I almost got to his... If he hadn't had... He rolled like a five or six for redeploy for his Cursling. I would have gotten his Cursling. Um, I ended up getting the Cursling anyway because of Emerald Host or Emerald Curse Mm -hmm. and I did some other damage. The Gaunt Summoner and the Screamers were just too fast. They were moving all over the board, taking objectives. I didn't have the movement, the mobility to do that. I had gotten my Blade Geist all the way over towards Kairos, and I actually forced him to move Kairos towards his right side of the board, which was kind of cool because he saw them coming. So what I did was I took the opportunity to take Ulrich and use him to move Kurtos within nine inches of Kairos. (laughs) Man, if I had made that charge, again, he was just like, oh, crap. (laughs) Because <laughs> he was not expecting me to do that. That was a big surprise. I missed both of those rolls, missed both those charges with the re-roll. If I could have gotten Curtis into him, I might have killed him or come really close to killing him. I know he's minus one because he's, I think he's minus one because he's a demon, right? Yep. To hit. But uh, oh, I was just hoping that was going to work out. But by turn two, he was bringing in his second set of horrors from fate points. It's like he had like 25 or 30. I don't know how many. It was just this bazillion number of fate points. Up quick. And, you know, of course, all the Destiny dice foolishness. You know, he's re-rolling this, re-rolling that. I got two back. I'm going to re-roll those. And I was just watching patiently him do all his stuff. And going, yeah, okay. You need a six. Well, there it is in the bucket, man. Just go get your six. And it felt kind of helpless because I just didn't have the tools to do anything. Even if I'd had bodies, I think, it would have been less of a I could have done it because I could have just swarmed across the board, been really super aggressive, moving, and forced him to do other things because I wouldn't have cared if he'd done three or four mortal wounds to a 20 Blade Geist unit, that yeah. kind of stuff, right? And then once he got that second unit of 10 horrors on that second objective, the game was essentially over because those two were out of my control. I could move back towards the other ones, but again, I was running low on bodies, a common theme here. Yeah. And just wasn't quick enough to be able to get to stuff with those screamers and that Gaunt Summoner moving 16 inches all over the board it was really, really tough. So, I played it through, you know, just kept going. As you said, you got to still keep playing, still keep rolling, still come up with a, some kind of ideas that might work. But I was starting to run out of tools at that point. If I had hit maybe even two out of those three charges when I made that alpha strike that I did, or if I had made that charge with Kurdos, I would have slowed him down, number one. If I could have gotten enough wounds on him, he would have been really slow, and then I could have gone after him because he couldn't have run real far. His movement, I know, doesn't his movement charts. So Kairos' movement... Maybe. I think it does, yeah. So anyway, just a tough game and not really close. (laughs) Didn't have a whole lot of tools to deal with all that magic and all the summoning that he was bringing in. Before the end of the game, he'd brought in another unit of 10 blues in addition to the 10 pinks. So what was that? 130 wounds he brought 
he had on the board. Yeah, that was the second game, so I was 0-1-1 at that point. Yeah, you were 2-0. 2-0. Yeah. Game three ended up being head-on collision, so that's the three objectives along an angle you deploy in you know, your quarter of your mm-hmm. board. Yeah. Yours is worth one, the middle's worth two, your opponent's is worth four. Mm-hmm. When you take things with uh, Galatian veterans, you get extra points. Yes. A mission that I definitely don't mind, I was playing against Christian Palmer, Aydin Thiepkin. He was Morfan. So that's the let's him bring back Morna Marty, which is pretty good. Oh, yeah. He had a Slap King. That's the super dangerous king who does a zillion attacks and Ren 3 sword and just okay. goes into stuff and just murders it. Okay. Then he's got a Lotan, a Thrallmaster, and the guy with the hook that actually brings back Namarty. Oh, sure. Unit of 30 Thralls. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Hadn't seen that before. A unit of 20 Reavers, unit of 10 Reavers, and an Incarnate. I deploy with my cows right at the tangent of the circle to kind of cut the minimum distance down. He deployed right on the line, which I thought was very surprising. I said, screw it, all in, let's go. Had layers of stone guard in the middle, cast speed of Hayish, was able to twin it, got it off for both of my mountains, mm-hmm. threw him into his line and said, we're going to see where this goes. Sure. Got Avalonor into the incarnate because Avalonor can deal with the incarnate. Mm-hmm. Got my mountain cow into the Reavers. Got rid of the Thrallmaster. That's ugly. You know, brought down the incarnate a level. You know, the incarnate managed to do eight wounds back to Avalonor, and I was like, oh, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Then he takes his turn, and he did something that none of my opponents that I've played this army have ever done. He managed to get both of my mountains off the table oh. at any point in the game, and he wow. did it bottom of one. Holy um, mutt. So he got Sun out onto the board. Mm-hmm. And you ignore up to Ren 2, but you don't ignore negative modifiers to your save roll. It counts. You know, he just brings down my Spirit of the Mountain with just weight of dice from all of his Reavers. Mm. Then, you know, between the Thralls, the Slap King, and the Incarnate, he brings Avalonor down. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's oh. not impossible, but that's 800 points of my army gone for not 800 points of his. Yeah, sure. He proceeds to basically just pull me apart and i give as much fight as i can but mm-hmm. you know by battle round four it, it's looking pretty clear it's done and dusted yeah just kind of pulled it apart and going back and rewinding what i might do differently is instead of focusing on the incarnate with avalonor and you know trying to wreck the heroes the support heroes with my mountain cow is get the units of stuff wiped out because mm. there's the chance that 30 is reduced pretty significantly and that 20 is reduced pretty significantly and suddenly i have the model control of the board okay and that might play out a little bit differently but he played a super solid game you know took his advantages and played with what he knew to be the patient way to get to a, a guaranteed win in that sure. particular instance not much you can do with that mm-hmm. i couldn't get the sun off the board and and that is just my kryptonite. It, you either are Ren 3 or you are finding ways to do mortal wounds to me or force me to, you know, reduce my save in times and places that I really don't want to. Sure. Because being able to Mystic Shield all at defense and burn Aether Quartz in three different spots at any given time makes the army pretty durable. Sure. And that was my game three. It went pretty quick. Yeah, I guess. Wow. So my game three was a mirror match against uh, Joel, who had Night Haunt, and he was playing Scarlet Doom. Uh, his list is weirdly similar in the early part of it. So he had Ulrich, he had a Cruciator and a Guardian, and I'm like, wait a minute. I, got- I know this list. <laughs> and then he had Lady O instead of Kurtos, and he had a Spirit Torment, which really worked out for him. He had four units of 10 blade 
Geis, and two of them were bounty hunters, two of them were conquerors, and he had Herodans, which that story is really sad for me. Boy, those things did some work, especially when they really do a lot of really good work against Nighthawk because Nighthawk yeah. don't care about Rend, you know? And, so And you don't have any. Yeah, so it was just really scary. And he had Mirmorns, like I did. He had Purple Sun, like I did. We were looking at each other's list going, wow, this is just bizarre. We kind of did an informal agreement at the beginning. I'll cast Purple Sun if you want to, but I'm going to use my spells for other stuff. And he's like, yeah, because... It's not going to do anything to either one of our armies, really. You know, yeah. you can get that one. You can try to spike that one once yeah, in a while. Yeah, drop some heroes. and. But we were doing other stuff. Like, we were doing Shade Mist, and we were doing other things to, you know, bring back stuff because we both had Guardians. And so Purple Suns never appeared, even though there were two of them in our list. A gentle ghost agreement. Yes, yeah. And I was kind of aggressive the first turn. I took uh, all ten of my unit hex rays and put them on his left flank. I was getting ready to charge into his Herodans and one of his units of Revenants, who were the Conquerors, because both of my hex rays were bounty hunters. So I was going to get that extra pop on the damage. And then the other side, well, I had in the middle, I had Kurdos in that little group. And then on the other side, I forced forward my 20 uh, Blade Guys into him. And there was just this classic moment on his right flank when I charged in because all 10 of my hex rays made the charge. I got them all in. It was awesome. You know, and it's like strike last, minus one to hit. You know, it was all great. Mm -hmm. Well, he had to make eight saves on his 10 Blade Geist unit. Eight four-up saves. He made every freaking one. Oof. I did nothing from all of those hex rays hitting him. I think I took out two or three of them. Like, nothing. That flank just held. Oh, my God. He just unleashed hell with those Herodans coming back. He, like, one unit. He just, like, scooped up one unit of hex race with a because he had like 40 attacks i don't know how he got the plus one attack some i don't know what it was but he had a bazillion dice of course he gets three you know and then he gets the plus one from something else dying close by and they just were wrecking and i couldn't kill him for some reason but that save an eight out of eight four ups just changed totally everything on that side however on the other side i had my terminexus out he had never seen a terminexus before he didn't know what it did and man between that and the emerald curse his guardian went down his spirit torment went down his cruciator went down and it was like so cool to see that happening between the two of them taking out all those really important heroes for him but before the spirit torment went down i think he brought back like nine of his blade guys that thing was just doing a job and it was like next time i take a list i'm taking a spirit it brought back a lot of stuff on that other side though my unit of blade guys hit and man they just tore him up i think he killed like eight out of ten of his blade guys and took a couple out of another unit because i kind of split them up because mm -hmm. he had so many attacks coming in and that was really bad so i was really just pushing it back and pushing him back to the point where the only thing he had left on that side was a linder like in a couple of blade guys and i'm like oh man. and i was holding the other flank he was trying to push around on the other flank but then kurtos moved forward so we were still pretty tight in terms of points because neither one of us had gotten into our four point objectives right so then Ulrich had his this is one of Ulrich's cinematic moments so he took and he moved to the back of because he had moved everything kind of off or close to off of his a four point objective and i moved i used him to move the four mirrorns of mine which were holding the center objective to the the back of his four-point objective right along the edge and i took that four-point objective with my mirrorns because Ulrich had teleported them and it was like so cool i, I got what eight Big i think it, swing, was, yeah. it was huge and then he just didn't have enough critical mass to push me back off and then it was over but 
really good game, really good player. It was nice to have won <laughs> finally and had things work out. Like Kurtos, again, smashing in to his army and just doing some work, man. Oh my God. And it didn't matter that he was ignoring Ren. It was just the fact that if I got three through, like two or three attacks through, it was still doing six or nine damage. He was pulling six to nine models. And that was just taking out a whole unit of Blade Geist almost. But it was really bloody. I think we had a total by the end of the game, like 10 models left on the board. Oof. It was just bloody. Oh my gosh, it was bloody. But I really, really enjoyed that game. Not because I won, but because of the way it worked out. And there were some cinematic motives on both of our sides. And uh, that was really, really fun to see the Emerald Curse work was really fun and to see the Terminexus work I think he was as surprised as I was that it was working so well and he was just like I gotta get rid of that thing and he tried twice to dispel it and it didn't go away so that was like yes that worked (laughs) really well so that was a good end to my first day so I was one one and one at that point end of day one thoughts yeah had a great time even my game two you know that's fine learning and seeing how brutal zinch could be <laughs> if played properly and Corey knew what he was doing i mean he did a really nice job of managing all his meta currency in his army between the fate points and the destiny dice destiny and- dice just very very good at the mechanics and stuff so overall i had a great time uh, met joel which was really fun played tracy that was really awesome and then that evening you know we all got together i think about 20 of us at the table which was really fun and because that was one of my goals for the weekend was have a great time with people and uh, ended up sitting down at one end of the table with dave nordstrom and we were sitting with people we didn't really know by the end of the evening we got to know these guys yeah and they were all really fun people and you know we were just having a good time eating and hanging out and that was just really really a good day that way kurdos had not done any of his sin stuff yet next day he will have his he his will have his in the sun. yes for sure how about your day one two and one pretty pleased i had gotten a win in a game that i really felt i had no business winning felt pretty good about that wasn't too busted up about losing to deepkin mm-hmm. the way it goes i knew coming up we had turf war and silk steel ness and i couldn't name you an army that beats me and my list in Turf War. So I'm sitting there going, three wins, locked up, no problem. Um, Okay. I'm feeling pretty good, right? The army feels good. I'm enjoying the way that it plays. And I'm looking at starting day two real strong with the mission that I feel I cannot be beaten. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, so let's take a quick break and then we're gonna go into day two. Here's to five miserable months on the wagon and all the irreparable harm that it's caused me. Okay, it is day two time, my friend. Yeah. Game four, Brendan. Turf war. Turf two war. Two objectives. Fist fight in a phone booth. Yeah, exactly. You know what mountain cows want? That. <laughs> so I play Dakota Tanner, who's playing ogres. Mm. Perfect. Oh, I'm so ready. Yeah, sure. Uh, he's got an Underguts list, so that's the one that makes the Lead Belchers better and Iron Blasters better. Okay. So he's got a Tyrant. He's got two units of Butchers. He's got a unit of Dogs. He's got two units of four Lead Belchers, a unit of eight Lead Belchers, three Iron Blasters, and an Incarnate. Wow, okay. Cool. Shooting, shooting. Yeah. Nothing he can do against me. Mm-hmm. So these are tough games where him and I were actually talking at the point where he goes, I don't know what I do here. And, and I said, honestly, man, I don't either. The objectives are the two in the middle. You have to come to me. You don't do any mortal wounds. You don't have weight of dice. The incarnate is the only thing in your army with Ren 3. I don't know what to tell you. 
I'm one drop. He's not. Mm-hmm. Set up. Hey, he shoots me. He puts everything into Avalonor. And to make the game interesting, my suggestion would have been to put the shots into literally anything else. Mm. See if you can get the bodies off the board. Because sure. that's maybe your best chance of getting those objectives. Maybe. Puts a bunch of shots in Avalonor. Doesn't do any damage. <laughs> cool. I speed of Hayish, Avalonor, and the Spirit of the Mountain. Run up into his line. Ugh. Blow up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Win the double turn. Blow up a bunch of stuff. At the end of top of two, he's got both of his butchers, his tyrant, a total of three lead belchers, the saber cats, and the incarnate. Okay. And that's the game. Wow. I mean... Yeah, sure. Quick and quick and sad, yeah. I've got all the points. There's no way to take them off of me. I'm going to have my battle tactic through the bottom of two. You know, all of his lead belchers are dead. All he's got left is the heroes and the incarnate. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Super quick game. I won it. Like, that's the way it goes. There's some armies that this list presents such a problem for that, like, you really can't do much, if anything, mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And it's also the perfect mission where I don't have to do anything other than just exist. And that's just that. Okay. So. Yeah, wipe those hands and move on. Three and one. All right, yeah. Because I know Silk Steel Nest I am not excited about. <laughs> okay. So I played our friend Steve Potasic and his Sylvaneth list that you've already talked about. I did. I actually felt reasonably good about this uh, just because I saw what was there. I picked... Who did I pick? I picked his Arch Revenant I th- and his two uh, Tree Revs to be Emerald Cursed. Funnily enough, I got his, both his Tree Revs down to two models by the end of the game, which was really cool. They were still moving around and doing things, but I got, just as I kind of felt the whole weekend, I needed to be more aggressive to be able to try to get out in front quick because I knew in the long term, and I just didn't have the standing power to last into later parts of the game. I dropped my 20 of Blade Geist back behind where his uh, six, what did he have? His six Spite Riders, his Lancers, and charged into them. I think I killed almost three. <laughs> I thought it was going to do a lot more damage than that. It was kind of sad. I, I really did like think I was going to do more. And of course, at the end of the turn, he healed the one up. Right boom, back so to full. Full charge, 20 Blade Geist. I took out two of those suckers. And I'm going, oh, that, that wasn't pretty. Then I put my hex rays in on the other side and try to charge them in but he had what are those things the seekers the other dragonflies yeah. i think they are he had them there and my hex rays ran into them and the kernoth hunters because of where he had them positioned that was not good that didn't end up well for me i imagine uh, so yeah, so here's the thing though i had moved to again be part of that aggressive thing I was doing, I'd move Curtis and Ulrich and the Guardian and the Cruciator up as a group again. And for some unbeknownst reason, it was tied at that point after turn two. We were tied. It was still a very close game. He had moved his war song up, like way up to close to the one objective on the side. Where I had at this point, I think I had like five or six blade guys left. But he was in charge distance of Kurtos. 
And it was oh, so no. freaking awesome, Brendan. I made the charge and I killed his worst song, Revenant with Kurtos. It was like cinematic moment. Yeah. He's he's only yes, yeah, so the war song is a five fives by fours. Oh yeah. He was just only seven wounds. Smacking him around. He got a little help from Ulrich, but man, boom. That was so cool. So stretch goal achieved. Kurtos did something cinematic, you know. And Steve was really you know how he's he was really excited about the game. He loves playing the game. And he was just like, wow, that changed things. Like, wow, I don't have any spells, spell casting, I don't have anything now. And he was like, oh, I was happy to see that he was really concerned because as I looked at the board, he still had like five of his Kurnoth hunters and he still had like six of those. Other- so he still had like 50 or 60 wounds on the board. All that could just beat the heck out of me, right? Yeah. Especially the Kurnoth Hunters. And so even though the War Song was gone, it was kind of like game over. Again, I was hurting for bodies. If I had had, if I had just had a unit of 30 Chain Rasps that I could have brought in there with a Guardian or, you know, the Crusader or something else, they could have outlasted if they had been Conquerors that, that he did not have enough bodies, you know, to be able to... To take. To take that objective. On the other side, it was really cool because I had a couple of hex rays left and my mirror morns had moved over to that other objective. He had moved his revenants up there to take it. My mirror morns took it back. So mm. I got that objective, right? But I just didn't have anything left on the board on that other side because once I took out the revenant and I just enraged him, of course, his his troops, not Steve. Yeah. And he just turned all the Kurnos and all the Lancers onto Kurtos. And it was just over. Even with minus one, you know, to wound, minus because I got shave mist on him and minus one damage from the cruciate. It didn't matter. It was just all over. <laughs> but it, it was a fun game and it was cool that we got that moment and we both enjoyed it. And at the end we were both like, that was just a fantastic game. That was so cool. And again, different list i think i would have done better against this i really do uh, but it was fun and i had a great time play i'd never played steve before i played tracy once but never steven and so i'm looking forward to playing him again that would be really cool yeah steve's a fun game he is and he's a great sigmar player he's very very good player that was a very enjoyable game even though i took the loss yeah i thought it was certainly within reach of a couple points very very cool so game five brendan game five silk steel nest also a mission I really don't want to be playing with my list. It's eight mm. objectives, four on your side, four on theirs. You know, they're all equally spaced. It is a tough one. Yeah. And I was playing dragons. I was up against Stormcast Eternals from Patrick. His Hammers of Sigmar, so that's the ward save mm. um, if you're within 12 inches or wholly within 12 of the objective. And there are plenty of objectives to be wholly within 12 of. Yep. <laughs> There's he, eight of them. He had no place for the week, so kill all my battle line. A Knight Draconis, who is Master of Magic with the Arcane Tome. A Scintillating Tail, which is the minus one to unbind spells. Mm-hmm. Celestial Blades, so the plus one to wound spell. Had a Knight Incantor. Three units of two, Stormdrake Guard with their lances. Two units of three, Longstrike Raptors. Unit of three, Aether Wings. The dragons were in Bounty Hunters, and then everything else was uh, battle regimented. Okay. Obviously took Thunderbolt Volley, 1990, so no triumphs for either of us. I set up kind of hard to my right, where the middle right objective I have firm control of. I put my Spirit of the Mountain on far right side. I have on the middle left objective 
couple of stone guard mm. and then on the far left objective i have my unit of five just towing in the back line of that objective okay onto the board he puts his encantor a unit of the raptors knight draconis the ether wings and a unit of the dragons tough call here what to do can't put him in the position to get the double turn so i give him the first turn I make Proving Grounds the objective that's being held by my Mm -hmm. five stone guard. Sure. He he definitely can't take that. He moves up my right side of the board with the two Stormdrake guard. They're going to go toe-to-toe with my battle cattle. Drops down the other two Stormdrake guard on the left to try and mortal wound off my stone guard. Mm -hmm. And he moves his Knight Draconis over there. Drops the second unit of Vanguard Raptors kind of behind those dragons. He's in really two disparate spaces, and it's going to be what it's going to be. The Aether Wings move up. Cool. The combat with the Battle Cattle goes all right. You know, it doesn't do too many mortal wounds. You know, he's in range of the, the Stone Mage, so I'm going to be able to keep hitting him at full strength. Okay. But don't really do a, a ton of damage. He ends up holding more because he's got two dragons on my far right objective, which 10 models to, you know, my five. Mm-hmm. Bummer. In my turn... I move Avalonor up, move my Stone Guard up, you know, towards where the Aether Wings are. You know, I hang out, stay and fight the Stormdrake Guard. I move over some of my 10 Stone Guard to go see if I can go rough up his general a little bit. I got the five up mortal wounds off on him. Like, it's not impossible. It's not great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, sure. it can be done. I end up taking some shots at the Vanguard Raptors with Avalonor. So that, you know, I mean, they're two wounds apiece, and he's D6 mm. damage. Like, so I end up pulling two of them off on one of the units. So cool. I do a couple of mortal wounds with my Sentinels to the Stormdrake Guard that are fighting my battle cattle. Charge into his, his ether Wings. Charge into his General. I end up doing, like, five wounds to his General with, with my Stone Guard. So that's pretty cool. Mm. My battle cattle whiffs hard. Uh, but I do end up killing one of the dragons, which, you know. Okay, good. So good. Yeah. But I still don't take it because it's five to five, and and he controlled it before. Mm, okay. You know, bummer. I end up killing the Ether Wings with the Stone Guard, which means oh. that the nearest enemy unit for Avalonor to pile towards is the Vanguard Raptors. So he ends up towing one of his objectives. So now it's split four to four because I still have oh yeah that Proving Grounds objective. Play priority. He wins it. So I make the Proving Ground the middle left objective, which you know was controlled by me and he has no galatian veterans sure comes up does some damage to my 10-man unit of stone guard and actually ends up dropping them oh the vanguard raptors you know he's trying to do some damage to my sentinels my battle cattle and that Stormdrake guard are locked in an interminable battle of stupidity <laughs> okay which, i mean fair it's a 340 point unit fighting a 380 point unit so it, i feel less bad it about should it should be epic yeah yeah then in the bottom of two, you know, Avalonor is coming over, bringing some models up the field. I'm trying to position myself to go get some of these objectives. So far, it's going okay. It's tight. It's doing a lot of damage. But then into three, I win priority. He makes the proving ground the objective that he has since retreated his general to. Mm-hmm. Avalonor's, you know, turning the corner try and get his mitts on him, but it ends up being an 11-inch charge after a redeploy over there, which, you know, understandably don't land. Sure. I go and finally 
drop the Stormdrake Guard with the Battle Cattle. I've got my Stone Guard, Speed of Hayisht, over to the objective where his Encantor is. Mm. But we had already burned one of the objectives. He had burned an objective. I mean, mm. we're right there. I was down to just a couple Sentinels. Wow. Rally. Get seven back. Oh, my God. Push him to the middle of the board. He, in battle round three, goes, all right, gaining momentum. Sentinels. Should be pretty doable. Makes sense to me. No. Three Sentinels. Oh! Fails his battle tactic. Dude. We're this close. We're buttonheads. We're this close. So, headed into turn four. Just spacing out. This is just a fighting retreat in every direction I can go. You know, go over there, drop the Encanter, burn that objective. The objective blows up, which ends up actually doing the thing that kills the Encanter. The Encanter blows up, which kills some of my Stone Guard. It's crazy. Get some more Sentinels back. Rush them over to another objective. Speed of Hayish them Mm. to another corner. Try and do a bunch of damage to, you know, his general and the Vanguard Raptors. Avalonora just leave to kind of heal up and just be, you know, he's got to just hang because he has to take a step back to burn the objective that is no longer proving grounds because he proving ground the objective that his general and the, and the raptors were standing on, which, sure. which was a real good. That was very clever. I want to go over there, but I need these points. Got to score your points. Got to stay focused. Got to mm-hmm. get what you need to win that game. But it also means that there's going to be another set of turns for Avalonora to heal. Because he's been taking mortal wounds from raptors and dragon breath and that kind of thing. Does some damage, gets his battle tactic, you know, gets barge. We roll off for priority for five. We're tied at 20. I win priority. As I win priority, Mark comes over and tells my opponent, Patrick, that, hey, you won one of the big raffle prizes. And did you go figure out what you need to? I said, I'm going to think about what I have to do here. Sure. And so he comes back and he said, so what do you think? And I said, we both can win. I said, but I said, if I take it, I can try and lock you out of it. Mm. I said, okay. So he said, so what do you think? And I said, you have one battle tactic that's eligible that you have any chance at. Because mm. the, the rest you can't do. I got to kill your general. He goes, okay. I said, I got to deny you your grand strategy, which is kill all my battle lines. So I got to get these stone guard into that corner mm. yesterday. Okay. And I said, and I got to get these sentinels onto this objective. I said, which I can do. I just got to six it, you know. Cool. So I bring my Sentinels over. They get it. I got Speed of Hayish off on my Stone Guard. So yep. I got them into the corner. And like, and by just enough mm. where I'm not going to get shot. I really can't get charged. Avalonor gets in. Avalonor just punches the general into the ground. And so my opponent's looking at the board and he goes, he goes, I might be able to do this. I said, okay. Yeah. He moves. But like the way I'd bubbled out, just got to redeploy. I redeploy my sentinels basically out of the way to stop being mm-hmm. a screen so he can't use them as a leapfrog to get over there. Sure. But there is my enlightener, which is 10 away, and my stone guard are 12 and a half. If he rolls boxcars, he can technically land a charge into my stone guard okay. because he was within 12 and he has to end the charge within a half of inch of enemy model. Technically, you can make it. He's got his one command point left. Rolls his dice, not a 12. Spends the point, not a 12. Shake, I win 25 to 24. Just an absolutely insane one. I mean, wild. Wow, great. So. Yeah, as tough as those are, you wish more of them were like that because they're just, they're so intense and you, 
but you love playing the game when they're like that. Yeah. You know, it's when they're not over quick, one way or the other. No. That was one to remember. Great. That was a game. Great. That's awesome, man. So my last opponent was Nathan and his Slanesh. He had a keeper. He had uh, Sigvald. He had Celesk. Now, is Celesk the one that's the two, like the one? Yeah, Celesk uh, is the... Yeah, the split yeah. one, the two little acrobat things. And then Senessa, which had this insane spell that we'll talk about. <laughs> Three units of Bliss Barbs and two units of Myrmidons. And that was his... Or Myrmidish. So that's his list. I played wide. You know, some people had recommended that. Hmm. <laughs> so I tried to play wide. So one side, I actually put my... Uh, two hex wraiths and i had my blade guys in the air and then on the other side i put what i had left which was my guys you know my bunch of guys kurtos and my headquarters kind of spirit host that kind of thing mm-hmm. and the spirit host actually did some work in this game it was kind of funny they did a lot more work than i thought they were going to do in a lot of ways not so much that they were doing damage but they were just absorbing ungodly amounts of damage before they ended up being removed from the board in several of my games more than one of my games so that was really cool and there was just a unit of three of them anyway i did not move we were kind of just staring at each other first turn it was like oh man i don't know i'm not going to do anything you know he gave me first turn i didn't move he moved up I was like, man, if he gets the next turn, but he didn't. So I got the second turn, and I got on this my left side, I got both of my hex rays into him. So that was into uh, Celesk, and he had a unit of the 10 Myrmidons there, but he had two units of 10 Bliss Barbs behind that, or 11 Bliss Barbs behind that. My Blade Geist made their charge. I killed both units of Bliss Barbs. Whew. The Blade Geist just didn't. Just did just work, mulch man. Them, yeah. Woof, they were just gone. I took out a couple of Myrmidons. I'm like, ah, oh, frick yes, this is awesome, right? And I charged in, got some mortal wounds. I think I took Celesk down to maybe four or five wounds. Um, I think he had nine. <laughs> was going to take him out pretty quick. But here we go. Lack of preparation. Did Dan the next turn retreat and charge his hex race again to get more mortals? No. No, he did not. I could have easily kill Celeste just with those mortals. That could have happened pretty easily. I didn't do that. Did I retreat and charge my Blade Geist? No, I didn't because lack of preparation. Hello. I could have taken out that whole side of his army because once those Hex Race were able to move away from Celeste and get to those Myrmidons, I still had like 15 or 16 Blade Geist left. Retreat and charge. Everybody retreat and charge. Those Myrmidons disappear. His whole side is gone. I could have taken those back to objectives, burned them, and then moved back towards my own. That that would have worked out, and I'm just thinking through that after the game, of course, if I had done what I should have done. Mm. The one thing that was just brutal, though, was I had Rykonor getting ready to come up and charge as well. Well, he used Senessa, has this spell that has no range, like anywhere on the board, and you roll a d6 for every movement characteristic. And on a 5-up, you do a mortal. Well, Rykonor's got a movement characteristic 14. Yeah, he rolls freaking 14 dice. And I'm going, whoa. And there's no way I was going to dispel it, you know, because the way I was positioned, I couldn't dispel it. Did five wounds on Rykonor. So Rykonor was almost dead. And I knew that the next turn Rykonor was dead because she, she was going to use the same spell on me again. You know, why not? There's no range to the spell. Yeah, so Rykonor, he was dead by turn two. So he was done. Spell casting, almost done. I had a guardian left, right, just to cast spells. So he's moving Sinessa up. He's moving Sigvald up, moving the Keeper up. So Sigvald got into... I did a pretty good job of screening 
Kurdos and Ulrich with the the Mirmorns and the Spirit Host. Those Spirit Hosts were just taking fucking beating, man. Everything was punching into him. Myrmidons were punching him. Sigval was punching into him. Uh, and he was moving his keeper around the back to try to get there. So I couldn't do anything about that. Sigval took a swing at Kurdos and did like, I don't think only three damage or something. It was pretty good. I swung back with Kurdos and I got three wounds through. And he goes, how much damage? I go, nine. He goes, nine. I go, yeah, nine. <laughs> he was like, what? So I think Sigvald has like six wounds or something. And I did five wounds to him with Kurdos. So you know where this is going. The next turn, I kind of turned everybody else to go back against the keeper. And Kurdos killed Sigvald. So another cinematic moment for Kurdos, even though he was going to die. The keeper, you know, does that insane like five or six damage, you know. It certainly can, yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, five damage is, yep. The, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> hammer bros. Well, when you only have seven wounds, it's not a good thing, right? So he killed Sigval, and it was just like, I don't care now. That was it. The game was over. That was my moment. That was my Spartan moment, you know? Mm. I did what I needed to do. They ended up locked over with those Myrmidons on that other side. And then he summoned in the mirror. The amount... Oh, the epitome. Yeah, the epitome. And, of course, the number of depravity points he was getting was insane because everybody was getting wounded, right? Mm -hmm. And that was turn two. Still relatively close. Turn three, he brought a second keeper in. Oh, and I'm like, oh, this looks just like game two, where he put in that second unit of ten pinks. I'm Oof. going, okay, I'm spent here. <laughs> Lack of bodies, hello. I there's just nothing else I could do. So I, you know, I, I played it out, and he tabled me essentially. I mean, we didn't call that, but it would have happened very easily because his keeper was moving over towards the remnants of my blade geists and. He had killed Kurdos. He had killed all my spirit hosts. I think Ulrich was the only thing left on that side of the board. And he still had a bunch of Myrmidons. And he had that keeper over there. Turn three, the game was pretty much over. Yeah. If, 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 if. Man, if I could have wiped. And I, I had a really good shot at wiping out his left flank when I made that charge with my Blade guys. I was shocked that I took out all those Bliss Barbs. But it is Myrmidons weren't that hard to kill if I had... You know, done what you're some, supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, right? And gotten more attacks and done those things. Got more attacks, potentially got an extra rend. And then I could have moved over, like I said, I could have burnt that second objective and then moved back towards my own. That would have been the the ticket there. Yep. You know, but it is what it is. Lesson learned and Nathan was a great player and he was so patient because I think by the third turn I was trying to look for a tactic. I'm going, Man, I'm sorry, I apologize, but there's just nothing here. I got to try to find something, you know, because there was nothing. And I picked one that was almost impossible anyway. It was kind of like your, you know, last game where you, he was trying to pick something that was going to fit or work and that was really hard to find anything. Yeah, I mean, and, for my opponent, it was only one. Forget difficult. It was the only one he could score. Sure. So not having Galatian veterans can really hurt you when you're only playing handbook tactics. Yes. Agreed. So that was my game five. Good for him. Lessons learned. And yeah. So another stretch goal achieved. Very <laughs> it's nice. Good stuff, man. All right. Final thoughts on our weekend. Got what I wanted. I finished fifth, which was unexpected. I got a shockingly high paint score. I got two favorite opponent votes. I got some favorite army votes. Awesome. 
best Lumineth player. If there was a best in faction, I would have taken best order. Mm. Not bad for one ga- one practice game and an army that I painted in, you know, built and painted in twelve days. Yeah. Like no, that's excellent. Had a ton of fun. Super cool army. Loved it. All my opponents thought it was a really neat army. I really enjoyed it. I can see myself playing more Lumineth and not just Stone Temple. Like sure, that was a pretty cool list. Had a bunch of fun and great you know, stuff. Got to do some cool stuff along the way. Yeah. First of all, I want to thank Mark and. Tanya and Dave for helping out, but it's just a great event. And I want to thank them all for the work they did over the weekend to put everything together and get everything going and keep everything going. Because it was really a, I'm not going to say a calm, you know, because people get excited, but it was just very well run and everybody was, you know, very civil and it just really was good. A good feeling overall. You're walking around the tables, you're hearing people talk. Just really, really an enjoyable venue for me. I know. It was really, really cool. Two things. Number one, I had my fun army. I got my stretch goals. You know, Ulrich did his thing. Kurtos did his thing a couple times. Very cool. But I'm not going to take Kurtos again. I'm probably not going to take Ulrich again. And I'm going to take lots of bodies the next time I play a Night Hunt list. That makes and sense gonna, to me. I'm going to take a list that's going to be seriously dangerous to somebody. And it's going to have Blade Geist in it. It's going to be Scarlet Doom. And I'm going to do a lot of Mortal Wounds. Dan is going to have more practice games next time. He go before he goes to an event, whatever army he ends up playing, and he is going to remember to retreat, 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 and charge and charge and charge. Because your whole army can do that. It's a rule. You might as well take advantage of it. And with those hex rates, they could have been over the whole five games cumulatively. I don't know how many dozens of mortal wounds I would have done if I had done that. And I'm just, you know, taking some responsibility for a one three and one record. If I would have prepared more and would have taken a different list and made those choices i'm confident i would have done better but it's okay and i did have a great time i had a great time playing the list and played some great people and that's what it's really all about my goals were achieved got to see lots of people and hang out and that was very cool my first dragonfall it's always kind of funny too that when you go someplace you've never been before for a new venue I left way too early in the morning on Saturday to get to the venue because I wasn't sure, you know, where it was or how to get there. So I ended up getting to the front side of the resort and I walked in because I thought that was it. One of the housekeepers was so, she was so helpful. She's like, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I need to get to the forum. She goes, oh, that's way on the other side. You don't want to park here. And so she (laughs) told me exactly how to get there. But it's like, you go around and you turn and you come back around. But once I got there the first time, then the next day it was like oh i only need like 15 minutes to get there you know it's easy so that was really really cool too and i thought the venue was great i mean it's a huge room yeah very comfortable space there's a bar and there's food there very readily available there was water out available all the time the restrooms were clean i mean all those kind of things that you don't really think about when you go to a gaming convention but everything was convenient and easy and just an overall great experience for me brendan yeah my only gripe is the venue is just a little expensive to stay at yeah Fine. Yeah. yeah, like, and for me, it's a piece of cake. I, I just choose to drive. Them, mm-hmm. so. Sure. I'm so glad I went. I definitely will plan on going next year. That's it. So thank you to all my opponents, and thank you to everyone who was there. That's the end of Dragonfall 2022. All right, man. Thanks again for your regaling us with your adventures. And Oh, yeah. I had some real storytelling <laughs> games this time around. You did, for sure. All right, man. Let's move on then to Scriptorium, shall we? Uh, new releases. We got some interesting stuff. Grimbendal, who is our Grombendal, who is the White Dwarf of White Dwarf fame, White Dwarf magazine fame. Uh, he has his own novel finally. 
which is very cool. I think David Geimer wrote the story. He's a very well-known cool. uh, old-world guy. That sounds fun if you're into such things. Then Renegade's Hero Master. This is one I am going to pick up when it comes in dead tree form. The leader of, I guess you can call them the bad guys in this book, is an Alpha Legion War Master. He kind of has several clans of traitor Alpha Legion, and his goal here is to unite all the bands that are kind of disparate because a lot of the traders broke up into different war bands and he wants to become the Harrow Master. So this is a story about Alpha Legion and you know there's subterfuge. There are all kinds of deceptions. There's all kinds of stories within stories within stories. I think it's going to be fascinating. And so I'm looking for that's called Renegade's Harrow Master. The next book I think it'll be interesting to a couple of groups of people. Certainly those who are interested in Gotrek and Felix. This is their book seven. It's called Giant Slayer. There is a very special guest character in this book because there's somebody you'll be very familiar with who is uh, one of the main characters here besides Gotrek and Felix. So give that a take. And then uh, Library has a horror week. It is five short stories, as always, when they do that weekly thing. And this is both Mortal Realms and Grimdark. So a little bit of both. Sounds interesting. So that's new releases. Brendan, all your stuff going on? I got nothing new. It's just been that's me cool. watching and listening to the same things. And Okay. Yeah, I wish I could give some recommendations here. but I'm, No, that's fine. All good, man. No, all the same. Okay. I finished on Dotted Courage, so that was a great read. Every time I think about how far that group, it, it was only like 30 people, how far they went how much they had to do and what they had to do it with. It's just unbelievable they ever finished that journey that they went on. Just fantastic. And I started Valpone Glory. I've gotten the first 20, 30 pages read of that. And funny enough, most of the Valpone stories that I read, they're like beating the enemy to a pulp and they're advancing and stuff. The whole first chapter is about a retreat of theirs and they're just getting slaughtered in this retreat. I'm like, is this the same blue bloods that I'm aware of? Like, <laughs> and what's interesting right away is there's this very severe caste system within their army. They actually have... I don't know how you would call them, but they're almost like servants, you know, that go and do all the drudge work, like carrying the canteens and digging the trenches and doing all that kind of stuff. And they actually call them degs, and it's short for degradate. And I'm like, well, that is just total crap, man. Like, it's just horrible. They treat these people like crap. Mm. And you're going, okay, these people need to be put in their place. These high, you know, these blue bloods, these highborn guys. But that's just the first chapter, so kind of interesting. I'm listening to Mechanicum again, the heretic book, because the next Emperor Protects podcast that Doug and I are doing, it's going to be, I think, episode six now. We're going to talk about Mechanicum. So I think that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks if people want to take a look at that. But it's really interesting to listen to that book again. And all of a sudden, like these pictures of things I remember, like I'm thinking, I remember them being on a tram somewhere, like a grav train or something. And all of a sudden, they're talking about the grav train. I'm going, oh, yeah, I remember that. Just these things in my head. I know there was a mechanic on Assassin that was part of the story. And that's come to fruition. But very, very cool story. And if you're interested in the Mechanicum or the Adeptus Mechanicus, this would probably be interesting. Darkneck Diaries, as always. And then there's actually a premiere date for the Wednesday Adams show on Netflix. It's going to be on November 23rd, which, of course, is a Wednesday. Oh, big surprise. Of course. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's the day before Thanksgiving, weirdly enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's all my stuff, buddy. 
Cool. All right, rocking and rolling. Let's move on to this or that. So, Brennan, it's time to do this or that. What are you calling this time? What's play call? I'll start this time. All right. Okay. So we'll start with the Warhammer questions and move on to the other stuff. So after seeing Steve Sylvaneth in action, what war scroll are you most excited to play out of that book? <laughs> that one that he was playing. No? Okay. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm anxious to play one of the big guys. I'm anxious to play like a Durthu or, or a Tree Lord, a Tree Lord or, Ancient Ancient. or something. Yeah. One of the Ents seems more impactful for some reason. The reason I ask is I'm quite fond of the list that Steve brought. Like, it's very Sylvaneth-y. It's very perfectionist in terms of where Mm. you need to be and when you need to be there. Sure. It's a good one. I mean, he finished four and one. He, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And his one loss was to me. So, you know, it's... uh, (laughs) Goodness gracious, no. So, more question towards the event. Would you run this kind of list with stretch goals, or would you more prefer to run one of your more conventional Nighthaunt lists looking for more conventional on-the-table results? On-the-table results. You know, I think I expressed that. I really know what I've thought about a couple of lists, and I really have them in my head. I just need to fit them into 2,000 points. Ah, the toughest part. Yes, isn't it? You know, giving up certain things and taking some unconventional choices, like maybe not taking Purple Sun. You know, that's 90 points. I could get another 10 chain rasps for that or something. You know, so doing those kind of things to try to really optimize the list. And obviously, and having played these five games... Getting back to that, I think the lists that I'm thinking of would be successful against most of those opponents I had played. Yeah, okay. I think it's more of the on-the-table stuff, for sure. All right. Yeah. 7-Up or Sprite? 7-Up, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's what I grew up with. That's what we drank in my house if we drank clear soda. So I didn't even know there was Sprite until, like, college, man. <laughs> it's like, what is this stuff? That's the other 7-Up. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Custard or ice cream? Ice cream. The real stuff, yeah. The real stuff. Custard's real not stuff. real. You live in Wisconsin and... No. There's no such thing as Culver's, yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. No, milk, milk, milk. Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. World Series, you know, it's Astros versus Phillies. I think we're all Phillies fans here. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin. Eater. Yeah. Instead, I asked who you'd like to win or who you think is going to win. What playoff team were you most excited to see lose in the MLB playoffs? Was I most excited yeah. to see... I mean, the Yankees are okay, but the Yankees just have this aura, like, to me. They're just this team that has this bottomless pit of money. Because they do. Yeah, right? And so to see a team that has those kind of resources not be successful seems somehow... Deeply satisfying. Justice, you know, yeah. Some kind of weird justice to do that. So, yeah, probably the Yankees. As much as I was rooting for them to beat the Astros, because, uh, yeah, because they're the Astros. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Those are my five. Right, it's quick, easy ones. Okay. Your next Lumineth list, Ooh. is it going to be focused more on Venari or Sonari? Venari being horses and, you know, those kind yeah, of things Sentinels faster. and Blade Lords and... Sonari being more magically focused. Yeah, what do you think? Probably Venari. There were the other Lumineth player that was there had two Star Shard Ballistas. He had some Wardens. Like, mm. yeah, there was some cool stuff that he was using. And Yeah, sure. I don't know that I'd take exactly the composition that, that he went and took, oh, but yeah. there were some cool things aesthetically about what his list did fundamentally differently from mine. That was neat. Okay. If you had to choose between taking Avalonor or a Lord on a Stonehorn. Ooh. Now that's a good question. 
pointed pretty similarly. Obviously, the Frostword on Stonehorn is much faster. Well, I just know um, how much you love oh. your Stonehorns, too. <sighs> Gotta choose, man. I think Avalonor is the better take right now, but I'll sit here and say Avalonor probably isn't enough points. He needs to start moving probably towards 500. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So you would take him. All right. Mm-hmm. Sentinels or Reavers? Yeah. Mm. Sentinels aren't what people remember them to be. And so me taking them and giving them total eclipse was a bit of a trap for my opponents. So the question I would have before you answer it, did they meet your expectations? They did exactly what I brought them to do. Okay. Which was I want my opponent spending time on them. Mm. Cool. Go for it. That's not the unit that wins me this game. Mm. It's my mountain cows and it's my stone guard, you know, who are going to get somewhere and they're not going to be moved. Really, the Sentinels were a distraction piece for you. Yes. That's so interesting. Now, they That's do really good damage, and they provide just enough threat for your opponent to go with I need to deal that with yeah. that. Okay. I think the better unit in the game right now is the Reavers. Okay. In the context of the army. So this is an open-ended question. All right. Given somebody's loss to Wisconsin this past weekend... Unexpected. Oh, well, they they haven't beaten Wisconsin in 16 years now. So, Nonetheless. So we'll say unexpected, you know, and bite the inside of our face. Yes. Who wins the Big Ten? Other than Ohio State, that's just an So who, who wins the West is what you're asking. Okay, let's say that. Okay. Illinois is going to win the West. Okay. You think so. Yeah. Right. I don't love it, but Illinois is going to win the West. Okay. This next question, you need to think about your answer here. Okay. Because this is a weird question. It's meant to be weird. Okay. Close my eyes. I'll think about it. Do you prefer your food wrapped in bacon or wrapped in bacon? What's the confusing part of this? This is my, you know, Milwaukee Bucks 2021 basketball champions, (laughs) greatest champions, great champions or greatest basketball champions. (laughs) I'll take wrapped in bacon. Okay. All right. Just making sure. All right. Okay. What a weird one. Yeah, I told you it was a weird question. Okay. All right. So let's move on to show clothes. There is something going on around here. Something you may not even know about. Because it's Tuesday, mm-hmm. we have no Sunday announcements. And we've sure. announced everything that's coming out. Our hope, of course, is that our buddy Ogres will be announced this coming Sunday as a pre-order the following week. Oh, so we excited. Hope, we can hope. With that, do you have any Q&A? I do have one. Okay. can't remember who asked me it, but I had it in my notes app. Oh, okay. So cool, I'm yeah. sorry, whoever told me. In your mind, what makes good AOS content? Is that for you? The group? For, I don't know. Us. us? Oh, okay. You, me. Why don't you go? Cindy? You I, the, yeah, sure. To me, it's the first thing I think you need to do is define what you want to do. The next step after you've defined what you want to do is establish what makes your content unique or different be it your perspective, your approach, are you going to cover content differently? Are you going to you know, do battle reports in a different way? What is the thing that's going to make spending time on the thing that you're producing worth other people's time? And don't become a jack of all trades unless you are going to be able to cover all of those things better than anybody. Mm. Rather dive in on the thing that you have subject matter expertise And on. you're passionate about yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing that I think has our content kind of standalone is we aren't a specifically narrative or competitive podcast. Mm -hmm. I think what we speak to is largely the majority of players, Mm -hmm. the silent majority. Sure. 
is, you know, just kind of your normal players who want to play fun games. They want to play the stuff that they like. If they're going to events, they want to win three games and have a good time. Mm -hmm. You speak to the more casual version of that player, and I speak to the more competitive version of that player. And together, you're going to find the host (laughs) that you like the most, and you're going to think the other guy is, you know, going to drive you off the wall. (laughs) That would be my take. Yeah. Mine on this is that I think... I think educating is important and not so much that you prepare people like you have talked about in just now, not compare them to just knock other people off the table and be hyper competitive, but just to learn more about what the options are and learn more and give some ideas on how to play. You know, this unit might be able to do this or that, or this particular artifact might be useful for this thing or that thing. This is how things work together. Things that our listeners might not have thought about. Again, and I think a lot of times we end up educating each other as we're talking through a battle tome, for example. And I think that's kind of a cool, you know, mechanic between us is that, as you said, we have these different perspectives. So we do see the same war scroll or the same battle trait differently because we play in a different place. Mm -hmm. But I think education is really important for Sigmar content. And I think even though we focus on Sigmar, I do think that we provide other things and I think it's important to provide those other pieces of content because people are interested in those things like the same people who are competitive and love playing the game on the board also like reading or listening and I think there are a lot of players who have come up to me over the years last few years and said I really like when you do scriptorium because that's the part I actually go to first in the show because I like to read and I like to listen. So it's cool to see what's coming out. Or some people, a lot of people, their favorite thing is this or that just because that entertainment piece. You know, sure. they, they love just us going at each other and not having any idea what's going on coming in. Yeah, so is Dan going to throw me the question that actually has me jump off the deep end? Like. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can get you pretty fired up sometimes. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's the answer. I have no question. Oh, all so, right. Well, yeah, I have good. no question I found this one. time. Episode 110 is going to be kind of a combo episode. We're going to do Giants. We're going to do Sons of Bayamit, Battle Tome. And then I'm going to provide a RockCon recap. So of games other than Sigmar. Short Battle Tome. You know, it's uh, six War Scrolls. So not too much. And then six or seven games played over the weekend. I mean, that's not even a third of no. uh, the hero war scrolls yeah, in for most some of these chaos, chaos books. books so. yeah. Exactly. Coolio, man. Uh, they need to start trimming some of those down. That they do. We'll see if that ever happens. All right. Some angry players. <laughs> yeah. So thanks again, Brennan, as always, buddy. Thanks for regaling us with your adventures. Yeah, there were some good ones this time. Yeah. I definitely had some cinematic moments. It was really fun to have those kind of things happen and raise your arms and go, yes, and then whatever happens Get called an old man by the guy at the table over. (laughs) Okay, and the listeners, thank you as always for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. We thank you that you spend the time with us, whether you're in the car or just sitting around or hobbying, whatever the heck you're doing. Thank you for being part of the program and being part of our family here. And other than that, you guys take care, stay safe, and don't forget shenanigans because life is better when you are up to something. Bye! This is the end.